it just like completely opened my mind up to what I had been missing as far as like, oh no, this is what it feels like to be gay. Like this is what it feels like to have an emotion for somebody that is so strong that like you just want to be with that person. This is what it feels like to be romantic and to flirt and to feel that being reciprocated. Welcome to the podcast, to another episode of Queerly Overthinking. I'm your host, Adam Harper, and in today's episode, we are going to be discussing my coming out story, my journey that I've been on the last few years as I've started to settle into who I am as a gay man and what that journey has been like for me. I'll be answering a few questions such as how did I know I was gay, and was it hard for me to come out, and did I have any support, and What advice would I give to someone who is also thinking about coming out? Alrighty, y'all. I have been so excited to share this podcast and this story with you. Uh, I have been wanting to dive deeper into who I am as an individual, who I am as a gay man, who I am as a creative person in my industry, and... So I wanted to take this episode to specifically dive into who I am as part of the LGBTQ plus community and how that journey started for me. With that in mind, I have a few questions here that I'm going to be going through to kind of just give a general understanding of my process and my journey and my story with that. And the first one is, how did I know I was gay? Well, Growing up, I never really dated, to be honest. Um, And the reason for that was is that I was raised Mormon, which that is also coming up here in a future episode. But to give a little sneak peek about that, Mormons teach that you should not date until you're 16 years old. And when you do start dating at 16, they prefer you to date in group dates. And this is to encourage morality and also community and to just get to know the people in your area um, and to also just have fun and to go out and do group activities together. Um, So there was a lot of rules and guidelines and, you know, things that were set up to essentially protect the morality and chastity of individuals and the youth of the church, which at the time I... I guess nonchalantly accepted or just went along with because I was like, oh, great, that's fine. I don't need to worry about dating right now. And it was kind of hard, to be honest, because there were a few times when I had to politely let other people know, like, hey, like, I'm really not able to date right now or I'm not really permitted to by my church. And I feel like I kind of hid behind that excuse, but I feel like deep down there was another reason why and I just didn't really know because gay and homosexual and anything related to that was honestly not talked about a lot in my house it wasn't something that I was taught about growing up whether it was by my family or by my religion or by my school Um, I lived in a very conservative area which it, it was a great area to live in like I enjoyed my childhood there um but I I just never knew 
And if anything did come up specifically in my religion, it just was either very brief or it was also very just like, don't be gay and don't have sex kind of a thing. Um, so that's kind of why I maybe hid behind that, you know, don't date till you're 16. It wasn't until after my church service mission that I was like, okay, I guess it's time for me to start taking dating seriously because that's when the church encourages people to start dating. It's like right after their mission and to start a family and such. So I went on six dates over the span of six weeks with six different girls, all of which I thought were beautiful, amazing, talented, uh, you know, just great people. And at the end of every single day, I felt like they were really good friends. Like, I just wanted to hang out with them. I wanted to spend time with them, go shopping, you know, go to the movies, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But I didn't feel anything romantic about it. Um, and then I know that, this, you know, maybe not the easiest thing to comprehend all at once, but I, I was genuinely confused. Like, I... I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is something wrong with me? Like, am I supposed to be feeling some type of way? And granted, I have never, to this day, I have never kissed a girl. And I don't think, I think I've held a girl's hand before. Um, So, you know, at this point in my life, I was very much like, what does physical attraction feel like? And how do I know if I am liking somebody the way that I do? Um, So it wasn't until... I started hanging out with a couple of my roommates who, you know, I started to grow very close with that that was when I started to realize, oh, I feel like there is something a little bit stronger here of a connection than I've been having going out on these dates. So that's kind of what started this journey for me, but I still did not know what it meant to be gay. Like, I I wasn't very familiar with any of the role models or the cultural phenomena or history of queer people. And so as I was trying to figure out what I was and what these feelings were, it was also just a huge educational experience for me trying to figure this out because it, the information was not readily there. And it's something I had to go and hunt for, essentially, like trying to find who am I, what are these feelings, and am I the only person who feels this way? And um, for a while, I felt very lost and confused, and I just didn't know what to do. And it wasn't until I started to experience these feelings uh, with other people around me that I was like, oh, maybe I'm not the only person who feels this way as I started to understand what being gay was, but what being bisexual was, a lot of people do come out as bisexual who have had some tie to religion because oftentimes it's the religious aspect saying, oh, I can like the opposite sex and the same sex, but it's okay to be that way because, you know, the religion teaches them like, oh, you need to marry, like if I'm a man, I need to marry a woman in order to achieve, you know, kingdom of glory and such uh, to go to heaven, essentially. I did come out essentially as bisexual. And I remember telling that to my parents at first and just trying to justify like, hey, it's it's okay. Like I, I like men, but I, I still like girls, you know, like I, I, you know, think I could still marry one at one point, but 
I quickly realized, well, I wouldn't say quickly. I later realized that that wasn't going to work out. But before we got get to that point, um, I went down this rabbit hole of I can have this same sex attraction and still be religious and, you know, do the thing, do like church and everything. And it really was a struggle. I, I was very open about it actually. Uh, I, I went public with it saying that, Hey, I have same sex attraction and you can still be Mormon too. And I wrote like a blog post about it and I was very open about it at my religious university which at the time I felt like I was doing the right thing. It wasn't until I met somebody because I was curious and I downloaded Tinder and I met somebody who we went out on a date and it just like completely opened my mind up to what I had been missing as far as like, oh no, this is what it feels like to be gay. Like, this is what it feels like to have an emotion for somebody that is so strong that, like, you just want to be with that person. This is what it feels like to be romantic and to flirt and to feel that being reciprocated. And that's what blew the doors off for me, essentially, to feel like I had some additional information and answer here of, like, why am I like this? And so... From that point on is really when I started to feel like, okay, I don't think I have same-sex attraction. I don't think I'm bisexual. I think I am indeed gay. I just want to clarify one other thing about the bisexual community. I fully see, recognize, and support and will defend the bisexual community because it irks me so much when someone says, oh, just pick a lane. You're more attracted to this type of person or you're more attracted to to the, the way this person presents themselves and it just irritates me because i know amazing bisexual people and i will absolutely defend their right to be who they are as i would hope that they would defend my right to be who who i am it just bothers me because there are, are people like me who came out as initially bisexual but then i realized that i wasn't but just because that happens pretty regularly doesn't mean that that invalidates the bisexual experience. And so I just wanted to make that extremely clear. Continuing on with how did I know I was gay? Uh, shortly after going out, uh, I realized I do indeed have strong feelings for men, and this is something I want to explore more of. But I also realized that I needed to finish my education. I was very close to being done with my degree at my religious university, but I also realized that being gay is not the most accepted at this university, and so I opted to keep my head down and to just follow the rules of conduct uh, to the best of my ability. All that said, I wrapped up things at university and made some incredible friends, people who I still keep in touch with today, genuinely people who are chosen family members. And from there, I made my way to Dallas, Texas. There will be an episode describing why I picked Dallas and 
all the fun things that I do love about Dallas. But I will say that it's amazing to have been on this journey so far where I am now in a place where I can freely express who I am and feel safe to express who I am. And I just am so grateful to be in the position that I am today. All right, next question. Was it hard to come out and did you have support? I'm going to answer this first part of the question of was it hard to come out and say, initially, it was very public, as I'd mentioned before. And I feel like in a way, I was like, here I am. Let me be a role model of how I can be same-sex attraction individual who is going to you know, live his religion. When I realized that I wasn't going to do that anymore... I didn't really make that big of a public announcement as I had before. I kind of told the close people around me what, you know, where I was at in my life. I wouldn't say it was necessarily hard doing that, but it was something to navigate. I was very selective about who knew what about my life. That plays into the the other half of this question of, did I have support? I feel like for the most part, I had strong emotional support from my friends and from a handful of family members. I consider myself very fortunate and lucky that after telling my parents, I was not financially cut off by any means. It did change our relationship, that is for sure. But I totally recognize that there are countless people who become homeless after coming out who are not able to support themselves and it is just devastating to see um specifically our our youth you know our there's there's such a high rate of homeless teenagers who are lgbtq plus and so i am incredibly grateful that i was able to finish out my degree i was able to get a job and continue to support and sustain myself uh, after leaving my parents' house. Alrighty, y'all. Our second to last question here is, how do you respond to homophobic attitudes? This is a great question. And I am reminded of something one of my friends told me who they operate a diversity, equity, and inclusion company. And they shared with me that if you're in a situation where, whether it be a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, or a total stranger is coming at you physically or verbally, there are two quick questions you can ask yourself. The first being, do I feel safe? And by that is like, do I feel safe in this moment? Do I feel physically safe? Do I feel like I am being threatened in any way where I should not be here in this present moment? And if the answer is no, then I typically do my best to bow myself out as politely and graciously and quickly as possible. If the answer is yes, I do feel safe in this moment. The next question is, is this relationship worth salvaging? Is this relationship worth something I want to invest in more or give energy towards understanding where this person is coming from and potentially see their perspective a little bit more clearly and then hopefully maybe share my perspective with them? If the answer is yes, I then start to ask more questions to inquire about their thought process and how they arrived at that conclusion or that opinion. Again, depending on the situation, it really just depends. And I would say for the most part, I try my best to really understand where they're coming from because 
in the end, communication is a four-step process. And if someone has an opinion or an attitude that may be coming off as homophobic towards me, I want to understand, okay, how did you arrive at that conclusion or that thought? And is there anything that I can do to share with you about who I am and what makes me unique and special and what makes our community unique and special? It's not always effective. I will say that it just depends on the person and if they're willing to listen to you and if you are also in a good place yourself, like if you're coming from a place of genuine consideration and kindness versus I'm going to enlighten you, I'm going to educate you, I'm going to tell you how it really is. It, it really is a case-by-case scenario, honestly. I honestly try my hardest to work through any sort of encounter that I have that may be coming off as homophobic, but also at the end of the day, if I don't have the energy or if I don't feel like this is somewhere that it's going to go productive and a way of understanding or a mutual acceptance of one another, I just have to continue on with life and just walk away from the situation. Alrighty. Last question is what advice would you give to someone who is trying to come out? I would say there are incredible resources online nowadays, which I wish I knew existed. The first one that comes to mind is the Trevor Project. This is geared primarily towards LGBTQ plus youth who are either struggling with mental health or um, needing just any sort of question or resource to help guide them through this turbulent, you know, discovery, self-discovery. I honestly feel like if I had known about this, it would have probably impacted my coming out a little bit more in a way that would have helped it a little bit more to go more smoothly and to just not feel like I was alone and to not feel like I was the only one who was going through this. My next piece of advice is I am not the same person I was when I first came out. I have seen myself change and grow and I am so excited every day to kind of see who is this next evolution of myself going to be, this next best version of myself going to be. You have every right to change and every right to adjust your thinking and your belief and position and everything. Nobody can tell you otherwise. You have every right to change who you are and to be who you want to be and to evolve into the next best version of yourself. This last piece of advice is something that I consider hard-won knowledge, something that I have been continually evolving in my own life, and that is learning to set better boundaries. There are people, there are emotions, there are places and things in our lives that may not necessarily be bad, but they may not be inherently good for us. And I am regularly asking myself, does this thing, does this emotion, does this place, does this person bring me closer to who I want to be? Are they helping me to achieve my goals? Is feeling this way something that is guiding me towards the next best evolution of myself? And if the answer is no, then I often consider, do I need to distance myself? Do I need to set this aside or do I need to say goodbye to this? And that has helped me so much to set up firmer boundaries around not only my mental health, but my physical health and to really understand who I am as a person and what I need to continue to thrive. Um, I would say that would, that would be the biggest piece of advice I could give, honestly, is learning to set better boundaries.
I'm actually going to squeeze in one more piece of advice, and that would be embracing your chosen family. I cannot tell you how incredible it is to have people in my life who I feel like genuinely love and accept me for who I am, who I can literally just sit and exist and do nothing or just be in the room and I don't feel judged to look, to act, to say, to do anything. And I can just be who I am and feel that I am still loved and that I am still accepted for who I am. And I consider myself extremely fortunate to have people in my life who I consider to be chosen family, whether it be blood relatives or close friends who have become chosen family, you know, I feel very fortunate to to have that in my life. And I hope that everybody can at some point in their life have that as well, just because it's amazing to shift from various communities, specifically a religious community where I felt like everybody was part of this big old family because we're in this, you know, belief system and to lose that was so hard. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. And so to cultivate this chosen family where it's taken time, it honestly takes so much time. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are in your chosen family. And it also is hard when people come and go out of your life. That is also something I'm continuing to to work through. But I try my best. I strive with all my heart to let the people in my life know who I feel like they care about me. I want them to know I care about them just as much. And I just, I, I just want to freely love and express that to, to my chosen family, my chosen people and people in my circles and such. Like I just, I want people to know that they are cared about, they're loved and that I love them for who they are. And I don't expect them to change who they are. I simply expect common human decency, kindness. And if you don't see the way that I see the world, that's okay because we can exist in this world. There is so much room in this world for all of us to just exist and to be together. And as long as we're not physically or emotionally harming one another, let us just exist and just be and experience this wonderful life that we have while we're here because it is going to go by so fast, y'all. I want to end this episode with a quote by Glennon Doyle. And I think with most episodes, I might be ending it with some sort of quote or a parting thought. Glennon Doyle says, maybe we can stop trying so hard to understand the gorgeous mystery of sexuality. Instead, we can just listen to ourselves and each other with curiosity and love and without fear. We can just let people be who they are, and we can believe that the freer each person is, the better we all are. Ugh, I love that quote. I love Glennon Doyle. I feel like that was the best way to summarize everything I was wanting to convey in this episode, and what a perfect way to end that. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you listening to my story. Thank you so much for taking the time to really be with me and share space with me. Don't forget to share and subscribe, and I hope you have an amazing day today, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Queerly Overthinking is produced by Adam Harper and Cass McMahon-Cooper. It is edited by Adam Harper with audio mixing by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can follow Queerly Overthinking on Instagram at Queerly Overthinking and find more at www.queerlyoverthinking.com.